This is the Education Business Podcast for consultants and business owners providing services in schools. I'm Claire Riley, and I'll be sharing how to start, grow, and scale your education business. So today we're talking about hiring a teacher or an ex-teacher to work for your company as a freelancer when they're only going to be self-employed to work for you. So they're not already a freelancer, but you're requiring them to be self-employed to work for you. So a good example of a role that's suitable for this is resource creation. And it's how I started out hiring people back in January 2015. So I just thought it would be useful to share my learnings and compare them to what I've learned about employing people as well. And I've got four points to cover, so let's crack on. So number one, question your motivation. So are you asking them to be a freelancer for the right reasons? And I say this because I did it for what I thought was safety and security for me. No commitments. But while I did get some great people that I worked with, in most cases, I didn't get the commitment that I was looking for because I didn't commit to them. So it's okay to choose the freelance model, but it's important that you understand this part of it and then navigate ways to work with it as well. So do you want them to become a freelancer maybe for financial reasons? Maybe you're worried about affording them long term or having to pay out redundancy. Maybe that's something in the back of your mind. And if this is how you are thinking, this was how I was thinking back in 2015. But based on what I've learned now, I've got two responses to this. So the first is, is the problem actually with your abundance mindset? So in other words, you don't believe that you can afford the person long term, so you don't employ them as a safety net. Because the solution here is actually to work on your mindset, not necessarily to employ them. I'm not saying that you have to do that, but you still need to work on this barrier that you've put up for yourself. And the second response I have to these issues is that when we start hiring, whether that be freelancers or employees, there's a lot that we don't know and that we can worry about. And sometimes the draw of getting a freelancer is that we don't have to worry about all that stuff, like payroll and the legal stuff and the HR stuff and the holiday pay and managing them or what to do if they don't perform. And again, is the problem our mindset? around whether someone would do a good job for us or not and how capable we are to facilitate them doing a good job so in all honesty I think when I think about it you know I hired freelancers because I was I thought I was avoiding an employment tribunal or something and that's like staying in the house to avoid getting run over by a car it's just you know you can't live life like that and I couldn't see the upsides for employers I could only see the upsides for employees but The truth is that in the first six months, it's really easy and cheap to part ways if it's not working out. So you can just relax on that. So I don't want you to think that I'm pushing you here to employ people rather than hire as freelancers. But that's not what I'm doing. It's more that this kind of freelancer does need extra support anyway. And I'm going to go on to talk about that. So I just want you to weigh up what's going to be best for your business giving the handholding that you're actually going to need to do. So this brings me on then to point two, which is handholding. So you're hiring freelancers because it's easier for you. So there's less for you to learn and you can get the ball rolling much more quickly. But it's actually not as simple as that because they haven't chosen to set up a company. And you have to ask yourself, 
if they really have the drive and the motivation to do that properly. So you're going to get asked questions that you're not expecting to be asked, like, how do you register as a company? When do you register as self-employed? Do they need to pay tax or not? And you might even get asked whether they need to pay VAT or whether they've got to get business insurance. And I'm sure you're getting the picture here. So you're going to become an unexpected business mentor, which is absolutely fine. But you might have not been expecting this and thinking that it was going to save you time. And also, you do need to be careful about what advice you do give them because obviously you're not qualified to give them certain advice. Equally, you don't want them to feel unsupported and in the dark either. So the truth is that you can end up putting a similar amount of work in as you would when you employ someone as well because they're not freelancers. They're actually people looking for employed work that you can't give them and you've asked them to be self-employed. So I just want you to be prepared for this to happen and be prepared to support them where you're able to through this process. So the third thing then is to expect them to work for another company. And I know that probably sounds a bit, what? But, you know, they're, they're a freelancer and they're not, they don't have commitments to you. So if you're not employing them, then this really is out of your control and you haven't committed to them. So why should they commit to you? So obviously you can have the conversation with them and hopefully you'll be able to trust them. But at the end of the day, they have to look after their own interests. Maybe you could offer them more work. But in the end, you're never going to know. And it's a risk that you've got to take. So back in 2015, when I used freelancers, there were not as many resource companies around. And so it wasn't as much of a worry to me. Although one of our freelancers did work for another resource company at the same time. But nowadays, there's a lot of companies looking for, for freelance teachers. So it is definitely more of a risk that I'd be considering. And the last thing then, that I just want to um, give you the insight on is how important it is to get clear on deadlines and the amount of work that can actually be completed. So it's important to realize then that a freelancer is going to have different priorities and it's unlikely that you're going to be at the top. So it's unlikely you're going to take a freelancer and ask them to do full-time hours because that's a big commitment on both sides. So you know, this person might also be working in school or perhaps they've got a family. And it's likely that you're going to be at the bottom of that, those priorities. Maybe you're a sideline. And that's not a problem as long as you've got ways to cope with that. So by this, really, I mean that deadlines need to be long and they're not going to be able to be changed. You're going to have to be really good at forward planning, especially if it's in resource creation that can be more difficult and um, you're going to have to really think ahead about what you want. So you just don't have the same kind of flexibility as you do with a close-knit team that's employed that works together and so you're not able to bring that work forward. So once you've agreed the deadline then, you've got no control over whether that work is done early or not. It could be done at the very last minute but you don't have any control over that. So you need to factor that into your deadlines as well. If you need time to feed back and it's still to be ready for a certain time, this was something that I really fell down on a lot. I didn't give myself enough time for the backwards and forwards if it wasn't up to scratch in the first place. So you need to plan that in. So what I'm trying to say is that you've got no option then to get it out early. 
the workflow needs to be much tighter and you've got much less room for spontaneity. So I know this episode was really short, but I'm all about getting to the helpful details. So if you're looking to hire freelancers specifically that are teachers, then I know that these insights will be really valuable and that you can take forward into your next steps. If you're interested in working with me from September, then you can apply for my one-to-one mentoring program at educationbusinessclub.co.uk forward slash apply one two one. Thank you for listening to the Education Business Podcast. To get more information to grow your business, sign up at educationbusinessclub.co.uk.